Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. It's Friday, December 16th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Lamar Johnson has said for years he did not murder a man in 1994. After a lot of stops and starts, a St. Louis judge is hearing an extraordinary case that could lead to his freedom. This is the first time in the history of the 22nd Judicial Circuit where the court is hearing an actual innocence claim filed by a prosecuting attorney. In just a few minutes, St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum will have more on Johnson's long path to attempt to clear his name. And Johnson got his day in court yesterday, taking the stand in a hearing that could result in his conviction being overturned. Johnson testified the victim, Marcus Boyd, was like a brother. The Post-Dispatch reports it's the first time Johnson has testified in any of the court proceedings centering on the killing. A defense lawyer convinced him not to take the stand during the 1995 murder trial. Johnson testified yesterday that he heard rumors of a second shooter in Boyd's murder but did not speak up in the mid-90s because he didn't think he would be convicted of something he did not do. A judge will decide if Johnson should be freed after nearly 30 years in prison. Attorneys for a woman convicted of murdering her ex-girlfriend want Governor Mike Parson to grant her clemency. Amber McLaughlin is set to be the first woman in Missouri executed since the U.S. Supreme Court reinstated the death penalty in 1976. Jessica Hicklin, a formerly incarcerated transgender woman, was incarcerated with McLaughlin and tells St. Louis on the Air that she's also pushing for clemency. For whatever mistake Amber has made, it does not warrant taking her life. That is not, it is not justice. It does not, you know, there's get into a long conversation about the four reasons that prison exists, and it doesn't apply to any of them other than sheer retribution. McLaughlin is set to be executed January 3rd. New statistics on public school enrollment show St. Louis area schools are losing students. St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports. In the years since the pandemic, there are almost 9,000 fewer students attending public schools in the St. Louis region. For a small number of families, virtual school drove them to other learning options. But there's an even bigger factor here, says St. Louis University professor and demographer Ness Sandoval. We just have fewer children that are being born, uh, and I, I think we're going to continue to see a decline because the birth rates are not increasing. The National Center for Education Statistics predicts both Missouri and Illinois will continue to see declines in public school enrollment in the coming years. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. St. Mary's High School in St. Louis's Dutchtown neighborhood will stay open at least for a few more years. It will be an independent entity affiliated with the Marian Order. Supporters raised more than $3 million to keep the school going. The Archdiocese of St. Louis plans to close it at the end of the academic year. School President Mike England says it plays a vital role in St. Louis with diverse enrollment and 9 out of 10 students receiving federal aid. We are not called to only serve those that can afford it. And we are not called to only serve those who look like we do. And we are not called to serve only Catholics. We are called to serve the whole. Supporters will soon launch a $10 million fundraising campaign. The Missouri Chamber of Commerce is encouraging more childcare businesses to offer health insurance to help recruit employees. 
St. Louis Public Radio's Sarah Fenton reports the organization wants employers to join the Chamber Benefits Plan, which creates a large pool of workers that benefits from discounts on health insurance. Supporters say multi-employer benefit pools are a new way that small child care business owners can offer health insurance to workers. They say many potential employees avoid child care because employers often don't offer health insurance. Deidre Anderson is the CEO of Early Start Childhood Centers in Kansas City. She says offering benefits is a good idea, but child care workers are paid so little, it's unlikely insurance will get many people to apply for jobs. But until we also continue to work on the wage piece, the benefits are probably not enough for us to attract people because of how competitive the marketplace is. Anderson says many staffers don't select a benefit plan even if it's offered and instead use money to buy food or pay rent. I'm Sarah Fenton, St. Louis Public Radio. The Belleville City Council and the St. Clair County Board have approved plans to acquire Belleclair Fairgrounds and Expo Center in the Metro East. Both panels approved an intergovernmental agreement last night. The Belleville News Democrat reports it's a roughly $2.3 million deal. And a nonprofit arts organization is planning to acquire the landmark High Point Theater in St. Louis. Cinema St. Louis wants to make the venue, which opened in 1922, a tourist attraction and it will be based at the theater starting next month. Lamar Johnson has spent roughly 30 years in prison for a crime he contends he didn't commit. After a lot of stops and starts, a St. Louis judge is hearing an extraordinary case that could lead to his freedom. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum reports that getting to this point required a change in state law, and a fierce counterattack from Attorney General Eric Schmidt's office. Johnson has maintained for years that he was not one of the two people who shot and killed Marcus Boyd on his porch in St. Louis in 1994. But he was eventually convicted of murder in 1995 and has spent roughly 28 years in prison. In a St. Louis courtroom this week, much of the foundation around that conviction has appeared to fall apart. An eyewitness to the crime recanted his testimony, and in an exchange with an attorney, James Howard made this startling statement. Do you know whether Marcus Boyd is alive today? Yes. Is he alive or dead? He's dead. How did Marcus die? Me and Philip Campbell killed him on his front porch. This case is remarkable for more than just bombshell testimony. That's because the person pushing for Johnson's release is St. Louis Circuit Attorney Kim Gardner. Gardner's Conviction Integrity Unit declared that Johnson had been wrongly prosecuted by one of her predecessors. And as Special Assistant Circuit Attorney Charlie Weiss noted, Gardner is breaking new ground by pushing for Johnson's release. This is a rather historic moment in this court. This is the first time in the history of the 22nd Judicial Circuit where the court is hearing an actual innocence claim filed by a prosecuting attorney. There's a reason, though, why it's taken nearly three years for Gardner to get this case before Judge David Mason. The Missouri Supreme Court ruled that Gardner did not have the authority to try and vacate Johnson's sentence. And that compelled state lawmakers like Senator Brian Williams to pass a new law in 2021 that effectively jump-started Johnson's case. Williams says the issue is personal for him. He says that he could have been put in a similar predicament to Johnson. 
it could be uh, one situation where someone says that um, you may look like or, or fit the description of someone and, and ultimately uh, go to prison for the rest of your life. And, and to think how close to home that is for, for me and, and, and many other uh, uh, black people in, in our state and throughout the country, um, we should be doing everything we can to right this wrong. If Johnson ends up being set free, he'll be the second person in Missouri to get out of prison thanks to the law Williams championed. The first was Kansas City resident Kevin Strickland, who spent more than four decades in prison for a triple murder before a judge exonerated him last year. Jackson County Prosecutor Jean Peters Baker says it was difficult for her to get Strickland out of confinement primarily because Attorney General Eric Schmidt's office was aggressively pushing against his release. It is good policy to have some check on the local prosecutor as you go through this system. Now, a check does not mean, it it shouldn't mean a mallet. It shouldn't mean, you know, that they get to point a cannon at you you and, and fire random shots at you. During this week's trial, Schmidt's office has sought to argue that the people vouching for Johnson's innocence have credibility problems or have made inconsistent statements. That was the message Assistant Attorney General Miranda Loesch made earlier this week. At the end of this hearing, they're going to ask you to believe convicted murderers and gang members. And we are convinced that their evidence is not clear and convincing and it's not credible. Some legal experts say it makes sense for Missouri's attorney general to be a backstop when a prosecutor doesn't have a solid foundation for freeing someone from prison. But former Missouri Supreme Court Judge Michael Wolf says there is a greater principle at play in ensuring the justice system is fair. I think the attorney general has a feeling that that his duty might be to try to to, uh, assure that a conviction stays final. Um, but finality is not the value. Getting it right is the value. It will ultimately be up to Judge Mason to decide whether Johnson finds a way toward freedom. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. Our friend Ehrlich edited that report. The Gateway is a production of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house.